I'd like to share with you my thoughts and feelings on a topic entitled Living versus Existing. In developing this talk, my focus was to be on recovery. For me, it is impossible to talk of recovery without including the thought of a celebration. Yes, celebration. A joyous recognition of a gift, that gift being our life. In recovery, you are free to experience and free to appreciate this gift. I believe that it's important to keep it in the perspective of a gift, one that holds no guarantees. We have no guarantees that tomorrow is ours, and our past is simply that, our past. But we have life today. So what are we doing with it? How we live our life needs to become an important personal subject for each of us. It is for me. I have experienced the pain of just existing, and by that I mean living, living day to day, and that is much different than living a day at a time. As with anything, we can also abuse the slogans. An abusive way to utilize the day at a time philosophy is to just put in your time, to procrastinate, to hope that somehow magically, without any responsible effort on your part, things will change for the better. I don't believe that that's really living. In existing, I found myself holding on to fond memories, fond memories of how I used to be and how my days had been filled with people or things or activities that I loved, things that enhanced what I was about. I thought of days when I felt a sense of purpose, like I mattered, Feeling like I matter is important to me as I believe it is to all human beings. In my existing, I felt like I mattered less, and slowly I began to feel mediocre, like I was stuck, with no change on the horizon. Death comes in many ways beyond physical. For me, it was emotional and spiritual, and it was painful. Sometimes I pretended it was okay. Other times I felt a twinge of pain and quickly told myself that that's not the way to feel or that somehow tomorrow would be different. Or I'd sleep. Or I'd fill my time with something just to keep my mind occupied. But deep down, it was scary. It was lonely. And it hurt. I was existing. Something I had never wanted to do something I had promised myself I wouldn't do. And somewhere in me, the child was starving. No matter how much I rationalized, repressed, slept away, or blamed, nothing changed until I allowed myself to experience the pain, learn from that pain, and become responsible for the risks and change what was necessary for me to live again, to move beyond existing. Now I'm grateful for that pain. I've grown, and I like me better today. I also found out two very valuable things. One, the choice is mine. And secondly, I don't need to do it alone. For us to inventory our life calls for a very basic honesty with ourselves. And for the majority, if not all of us, we were taught to lie, to live lies, and we were also rewarded for lying. 
Therefore, the necessity for honesty is something that moves most of us into foreign territory. First, let's look at lying. Number one, it leaves us feeling crazy. If we are the one who is lying, it's crazy-making to attempt to maintain the continued effort and information retention and the who-knows-what approach to people. And to discover that you've been lied to also leads you to experience a bit of insanity. Both cases, the people involved lose. They have no sense of reality. We lie in words, and we lie in silence. And for the liar, the ghost that haunts them is a constant fear of losing control, a fear of exposure, a fear of being vulnerable. The real ghost is simply fear. The liar may have many people surrounding her or him, but ultimately suffers from great loneliness. Most of all, the liar loses herself. To lie as a way of life ensures you a loss of involvement with your unconscious. The end result is to lose faith, even with your own life. The foundation remaining lends itself to simply existing. The cornerstones being self-delusion, isolation, and fear. I cannot talk of recovery without intertwining honesty and moving out of the void to experience life. We need to quit lying to ourselves. Therefore, reflect. What is your life about? Are you a person that's truly engaged in living or are you merely a spectator in life? Sounds a bit dramatic. Maybe. Although I don't believe so. Quality times, times of being truly involved with life, times of having a sense of worth and a sense of meaning, capturing moments and a life pattern of really tapping your potential, times of generating within yourself and in relationships with others a zest for life, and a belief in life is essential. I'm speaking of the key to our lifelong pursuit for a peace of mind serenity, a high. The state of intoxication, seeking a peace of mind, a peak experience, is a part of vital human functioning. The search in and of itself is not pathological, sick, or rare. Indeed, it is natural and it's universal. The concern needs to be focused on how we attempt to achieve that experience. A destructive, high-risk alternative is the use of chemicals. For the chemically dependent person, this avenue is fatal. Therefore, in living, a necessity for living is to give up the chemical, which means now you're sober, clean, straight, whatever. Now are you living? I'm talking about the quality of your sobriety. Just as I differentiate between living and existing, so do I differentiate between being sober and sobriety. Sobriety is more than staying sober. Sobriety is successful living. We do have choices. In that area, we are given powers unheard of in the animal kingdom. 
Either we choose to move in the direction of decision, risk, action, defining oneself, forgiveness, experiencing the joy of being a person, or we choose to move toward indecision, security, mediocrity, conformity, and boredom. We choose between living or existing. The thought of just existing is very frightening to me. I see it as a transgression against our very soul. It eats away at our very being and the core of our life, that core being our spirit. It saps us of strength, of energy, of desires and dreams, and it allows our inner being to become a desolate, barren wasteland. That's sad, and it's frightening. Sad because we miss out on so much, and it need not be that way. Frightening because none of us are immune to it, and it can be so deadly silent and insidious. Time can slip away on us, and we are left with a sense of hopelessness, a feeling that life is or has passed us by. The famous words, it might have been, somehow seem to summarize our life. In reading the book Ruby Fruit Jungle by Rita Mae Brown, I recall a passage that echoed the emptiness, the hopelessness, and the pain of a life filled with empty dreams and doing what seemed to fit with the rest of the people, but with very little, if anything, that carried any kind of personal trademark. Something that said, this is what I was. This is what I was about. This is what I believed in. This is what I was committed to. This was me. The saddest thing was that in the conversation with his daughter, this father stressed the need for her not to live as he had. My heart aches at that message. And the sad thing is that it's heard so often. Things such as, don't do it like I did. I want so much more for my children than I ever had. Pick a role model, but for God's sakes, don't let it be me. This father was a person who bought the work ethic, hook, line, and sinker, and he did not dare to dream, much less follow a dream, and he sees himself as old, having lived his life, and that life now consisting of a bunch of dead dreams and a mortgage on the house. He lived the routine, but did he live? I believe that he deserved more, and he believes that his daughter deserves more. His basic message was, don't do as I did. Be true to yourself. Follow your dreams. Don't live by everyone else's standards. Find your own and go for it. It leaves me with a very hollow, aching feeling. The scariest and most hurting place to be is questioning what life is all about and what, if any, is your place in this life. But pain does tell us something. It calls for a change in our life. 
but first we need to acknowledge that pain. We need to allow ourselves to feel the pain. We need to expose the pain. And that is such a vulnerable place to be. It is also an uncertain place to be. And it calls for all sorts of things that maybe we aren't used to or haven't believed in. Like trust. Like allowing others to care for us. Allowing others to know us. Something called faith. Patience. Tears now shed externally as well as internally. Risks. Losing control. Sober. All new territory. In recovery, all those in relation to emotions are new territory. It's awesome and it's frightening. But it's necessary and it works. Let me back up a bit here. How do we hide from our pain, from the erosions caused by merely existing? Well, firstly, an old pattern is to numb it via chemicals. Two, we can ignore it. Attempting to fill that void by a host of something, maybe it's hobbies, have an affair, get married, eat, and on and on it goes. Three, fatigue. Simple mental exhaustion. In hiding, we suffer from our own personal energy crisis. Four, illness. Rather than deal with the pain, the emotions will be converted into some psychosomatic illness, for example, headaches, ulcers, or some numerous ache or pain. Five, projecting. Put that blame out there, somewhere, like the town you live in, your marriage, the job, constantly living with the idea that the responsibility is somewhere out there. Six, repression. Tucking the feelings deeper and deeper, telling yourself you shouldn't feel that way or that you should be able to do something that you really aren't capable of right now. Seven, by conforming, attempting to live up to everyone else's standards, real or imagined, automatically adopting values before checking to see if they really fit for you, basically following the herd. There's many forms of escape. We can pretend, watch TV, and on and on it goes. But something we can't escape from if we have any desire for and or hope for achieving a full, vital life is rigorous honesty with ourselves and others. This means facing our pain, taking a real thorough inventory. When we are merely existing, we are basically in limbo, caught between our unborn desires and the dead shoulds and oughts. I see it as essential to make your own goals, to discover your values and then live them. You need to choose how you will work, how you will love, and how you will play. If you can do that, you will be living a life that declares, this is me. I'm making the most of my gifts. I'm choosing to live my uniqueness. On the other hand, 
If people dictate what you are to do, or to be, or to say, or if you camouflage yourself by living like someone, simply copying their actions and parroting their words, or if you act out a certain lifestyle for the sake of impressing the world, then you will be living for everyone else but you. And in the end, the need is to be true to you. You must know you. You must be you. You must live you, not strive to be anybody else. We can't live a lie and live fully. We need to take a look at what in our life is really ours because we chose to have it there, because we decided that it fit for us versus how many of our values and how much of our game plan was handed down and adopted without any kind of personalization. We maybe got it from our parents, from significant others in our life, from institutions or societal norms. We have all sorts of ideals and values that we have adopted, some in blind faith, some because that's just the way it's supposed to be. What were the messages that you got about being a little boy or a little girl? about being a man or a woman, about what your role was to be, how your life was to be lived. What did you learn that was acceptable or not acceptable? So we need to engage in some introspection, some reaffirming, discarding some things that we find, keeping others, creating what fits for you. To discover what fits for you, turn inward. Our foremost goal needs to be an affirmation of self, a recognition that you are worth changing for and that you deserve more than you have been allowing yourself to experience. Most of us have learned well how to protect ourselves. We have many masks and games to hide behind. But I don't believe that the answer lies in learning how to protect ourselves from life. It lies in learning how to become strong enough to let more of life in. To be truly independent, an island, is the ultimate in protecting yourself from being vulnerable. And it leads only to loneliness and to death. It's very difficult to accept that there are no guarantees in life. No guarantees that life will progress as it should or that people you care about will love you back or even that they won't abuse you. But we can't retreat from life and continue to genuinely live and be free. We must allow ourselves to be open to life, accepting its grief and pain along with its joy and laughter, trusting that somewhere inside you you can find the strength to move forward in life and meet whatever comes. And even if you meet abandonment or disappointment along the way, go forth again at the very next opportunity. It's the only way to grow richer and free. There is nothing free in an internal retreat from life. To find direction, also turn inward. First of all, dip into your fantasies. 
All of us have a wealth of dreams and desires tucked away in our imagination. When simply existing, those are repressed and shied away from, to the point of possibly losing touch with them. Or in my case, I have begun to lose faith in my own potential for ever experiencing them. The hopelessness was too painful, so I purposely tried not to think of my dreams or of my hopes. When you are dipping into those dreams and desires, let yourself go. Put aside the shoulds, the obligations, the need to be nice, whatever. Discover a little bit about your secrets. Pay attention also to your dreams and your daydreams. If you will allow yourself to do this, you can discover some of your needs, your wants, your hopes, your true feelings and attitudes. Many wishes are fleeting, but pay attention to the dreams or the desires that endure. They have meaning and they need to be addressed. Secondly, believe in your potential. Believe in your ability to change. As human beings, we have been blessed with potential. We have the ability to think, to feel, to love, to laugh, to fantasize, to be creative, to speak, to perform various acts, and to pray. We have the potential to engage ourselves in life. We have the choice to live or to die. I stumbled across a quote from some unknown source that sums it up. Happiness comes only when we push our brains and hearts to the farthest reaches of which we are capable. The purpose of life is to matter, to count, to stand for something, to have it make some difference that we lived at all. It's time to take a risk. It's time to live. There's no way to grow without taking any chances. In every risk, there will be some loss, something that can't stay if indeed forward is the direction in which you want to move. It may be a false sense of security or security, something familiar, something that structures life if you can't do it for yourself. An example is someone who stays in a job year after year, one that isn't satisfying, challenging or rewarding but financial security or fear of failure come into play and that person stays stuck if you continue to avoid taking risks either you will have the risk come visiting you at your doorstep unexpectedly and you will be ill prepared to take that risk or you will be forced to stay stuck in a situation that isn't you Rigidity is a result of a person fearful of taking risks. They avoid new experiences. And the world, by its very nature, will continue to confront each of us with new opportunities. To defend herself, the rigid person becomes more rigid, defending herself from making changes. To decide whether risk is necessary, consider this. You are what you feel. Therefore, if your life isn't happy or content, you need to do something to change it. Any strong emotion that you are feeling, other than joy, is telling you that there's a problem. Face it. 
Your life will be measured by the direction in which you move, the direction in which you take ongoing a series of actions and attitudes, the way in which you live. Your life is yours. Look at it and take seriously the power to choose what you want to be, the ideals that you believe in, and move toward them. Whatever you do, do well. Acknowledge the power that you do have, the power to love in life, and do so honestly. Take responsibility for your life. No one else can do it for you. That means be open to risking, be honest with yourself, and then go for it. Risk can be a panic situation without faith and trust. Risking and growing are involved with giving up old beliefs, giving up compromising situations, giving up misdirected energies, superficial attachments, destructive habits, and self-defeating behaviors. When getting ready to risk, and when taking a risk, when you let go of something familiar, you need to trust yourself. You need to trust your own sensitivity and your sense of what's right for you. When you risk, you need to do so because it feels right. It doesn't necessarily feel good, but it does feel right. You experience the pain, believing that something better will be in store. We need to nurture our souls, and we do that by growing and changing, by being true to ourselves. And to do that, we need to risk. We need to break out of the prisons that we have built that kill our spirit. Helen Keller said it like this, Security is mostly superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Recovery and sobriety make change possible, and to sustain them, change is essential. Therefore, the choice is yours. So take this time to reflect. What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What is the quality of your life? And then risk doing what you need to do to truly involve yourself in the adventure of living. In closing, it is my hope that you will say yes to life by carefully making choices, choosing to be nurturing rather than abusive, by choosing to be loving rather than hateful, choosing to involve yourself rather than retreat, choosing to smile rather than to frown, choosing to share rather than hoard, choosing to be faithful rather than fearful, choosing to be hopeful rather than despairing, choosing to be free rather than enslaved. Please, for you, choose to live rather than die. <laughs>